We continue this year's summer blockbuster sermon series with the movie Clue, which is based upon all things on a board game. Maybe you've played the board game, maybe you've seen the movie a few times, it's on cable a lot over the years, and it is, gosh, 35 years old almost. The board game is pretty simple. There's been a murder in a mansion, and the players race to see if they can figure out who killed the person with what weapon in what room. Six suspects, six possible murder weapons, nine possible locations for the murder. The movie has a lot of fun playing with the whole genre of murder mysteries. It's a farce, it's a send-up of the genre, more comedy than whodunit. But in some ways it does stick surprisingly close to the spirit of the game, eventually gathering all of the suspects and encouraging them to go look for clues throughout the entire mansion. And at the end of the movie there are not one but three possible endings. I haven't done the math, but there's six times six times nine possible outcomes of any game of Clue. So that matches the spirit of the game. But again, mostly it's a send-up of the whole genre of mysteries. And I think most people love mysteries. The idea of a mystery is you try to figure out what really happened. The most common mysteries in novels and in movies and on TV are murder mysteries, but there are other types of mysteries too, who stole something or who got away with something. The best detectives are the ones who can recognize the important clues and separate them from the unimportant clues, the red herrings, the MacGuffins, as Alfred Hitchcock called them in his movies, and realize how all those true pieces fit together to identify who done it and how. Some of the great detectives of fiction are so well known, we know them in popular culture. Sherlock Holmes, Hercule Poirot, and Miss Marple from Agatha Christie's novels and movies, Jessica Fletcher from TV in the 80s, I mean, I'll be honest, part of the genre of murder mysteries is somebody has to die for there to be a murder mystery to solve, and Cabot Cove had an awful high mortality rate. I don't think that anybody would have wanted to live in that fictional main town, or if they'd seen uh, Angela Lansbury's character Jessica Fletcher walking down the street, they probably would have run the other way. But we forgive that kind of we suspend disbelief, I guess is the technical term, in order to focus on what we really enjoy in the genre, which is solving the mystery, matching wits with the great detectives and seeing if we can figure it out before they do. It's a very natural thing for human beings to try to figure things out. I think for centuries, millennia, We've been trying to figure a variety of things out, trying to separate fact from fiction, trying to separate important things from, well, red herrings or things that distract us, trying to figure out what's really going on. In some ways, that's the heart of being a person of faith. 
We believe that God, through Jesus Christ, has helped reveal some of the truths of the universe, some of the truths of our existence, how we're here and why we're here and what we're meant to do. And when Jesus walked the face of the earth, he tried to teach people, and one of his main methods of teaching people some of these truths were parables. The challenge with parables, of course, is that they have many possible interpretations. And Jesus, when asked by his disciples why he taught in parables, said, well, only some people get to figure it out. Only some people get to know proverbially, proverbially, who done it and how. Some people are gifted with sight to see, with ears to hear, with hearts and minds to understand. And some people are not. Some people are distracted by the noise, by the red herrings and the MacGuffins that surround us in life. People of faith, I might suggest through the power of God's Holy Spirit, are given eyes to see and ears to hear given the ability, granted the ability to glimpse some of the secrets of God's creation and our place within it. And the parables are one way that we can explore some of these truths about God's creation and our place within it. And more importantly, about how God wants it all to work, how God wants all of these pieces, including you and me, to fit together. But not everybody understands Jesus' parables, just like, I suppose, not everybody understands much of God's teaching, which is revealed throughout the Bible. Just as, I'll go further, many people cannot fit together the pieces that are in the world around us, the fingerprints of God upon the universe. See, that's the thing. God's truth is always all around us if we open our eyes to it, if we're given the ability to recognize it and understand it. The challenge in our lives, just like the challenge of understanding who done it in a mystery novel or a mystery play or a TV broadcast, is that we are often distracted from what's really important. And we focus on bright, shiny objects that have nothing to do with what's really going on. The parables try to teach us, in, in the parables, Jesus tries to teach us what's really going on, what really matters. And the themes of the parables, they don't change, right? They're about God's love, they're about God's acceptance and God's forgiveness. They're about a desire for people to come together in peace. They're a recognition that many of the people that, well, most of us look around and see as outcasts or, or as unimportant are truly valued in God's eyes and have an important place in God's creation will have an important place in 
God's new creation to come in heaven. I don't know about you, I was raised a Christian, so for over 40 years now, I've heard these teachings of love and forgiveness, of the value of every person in God's eyes, and I still find myself myself forgetting it from time to time, focusing on the shiny objects around me, focusing on the things that, let's be honest, make the most noise, try to demand my attention. I still get caught up in some of the games of this world of seeking status and fame and money and success, as others around us describe it, value it, rather than the success that God values. I lose sight of the secrets of God's mysteries, God's creation, and my place in it. I lose sight of the truth. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. It's easy to do. But the invitation is always there. The invitation to hear God's still, small, steady, persistent voice, which speaks in a variety of ways, includes all around us, if you like, revealing the secrets, the mystery of God's creation and our place in it. Revealing the secrets and the nature of God's love, a love so all-encompassing that it forgives a multitude of misdeeds and sins. A love so almost beyond comprehension that it will go out and seek the lost like a lost sheep, that it will welcome back the wayward prodigal son, that it will set aside the disrespect of the people who don't come to a wedding feast and invite whoever will come to celebrate the glory of God and the loving relationships that God values. Those are some of the truths that Jesus lived to teach us, sometimes in words and sometimes by example. They're part of the mystery of God that is in God's creation all around us if we'll have eyes to see and minds and hearts to understand. And if we'll not get distracted by the other bright, shiny objects and loud noises, the red herrings, and MacGuffins along the way. Did you realize that a murder mystery was so similar to a parable, to God's revelation? Did you realize that you and I are in some ways meant to be world-class detectives of God's love and God's presence in this world? unraveling, maybe even revealing to others the truth behind the mystery of God in this world? If not, that's okay. 
there are more days yet to come when we can do so. And that is the ongoing invitation that God gives us. It's an invitation to pay attention to what's important, to recognize God's truths, which are rooted in love and generosity and hope and peace and forgiveness in the world around us. God's truths which value you and me and everyone else around us often more than our culture and society values us and the people around us. Our invitation is to recognize them, to recognize them for what they are, and every once in a while to help others around us recognize God's fingerprints in this world, God's truth in this world around us.